apartment, I lied in my right on bed. With grandma's foiled comforter and some books I never read. Gonna climb that corporate ladder, cause I don't need a man. Bunny hunt's coming over, she has too much time on her hands. We'll light a hundred candles, wait for a guy to call. Hey, can I offer you a snack? There's some paint chips on the wall. It's the 90s. I can afford this giant home, an assistant salary. I can pay for it alone. I open up my French door, step on the balcony, show off my pixie haircut, cuz I live in the 90s. Your water heater's going awry and your fire alarm. Just want to get that. Yeah, and I cut I cut my hand <laughs> on a picture frame in passing. So I really have it together today. You're set. You are rom com, and you're on. You're sitting on a raw iron bed. I mean, yeah. And I have my um, when Harry met Sally. Poster. Oh my gosh, that is an amazing poster. Thank you. I got it when I saw um, when Harry met Sally. Uh, like a midnight showing at the Vista, Ugh. like maybe three years ago or something like that. And so yeah. So excited to have you on. I've been enamored by your, but you have posted about your rod iron bed before. And I have commented about how it is beautiful. So just to clarify, I'm not posting, like, it's not like I'm like, look at my bed, everyone. There's usually something <laughs> about like that's on it or right. next to it. I just want to clarify that I'm not yeah, like, you were, yeah, you didn't post like an image of your bed on Instagram. No, no. This was like, it was like something I, I think I saw it in the background or something. I was like, I think I saw like a Probably. piece of the wrought iron. Probably. Like, yeah. What is that? <laughs> so otherwise it's sort of like my, like, I don't know. It's like vaguely only fans. Like there's like a, Ooh, it's the, I'm featuring my bed. Look at my right. bed, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For listeners. Um, you're not featuring your bed on your Instagram. No, but I'm on my bed now and it's in view. So I don't know, I guess mixed messaging. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You do say one thing and yeah, you're doing another, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. This movie, we're talking about Kate Leopold from 2001 with Meg Ryan and Hugh Jackman and Brecken Meyer, who's such a delight. I feel yeah. Like. And leave Schreiber uh, leave. Is that what we're saying? Leave? I think it's, yeah, I think it's leave. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you got that. You did really well with that. Um, And then also Bradley, her horrible boss played by Bradley Whitford. Whitford. Okay. Also a young Natasha Leone. Oh my gosh. I know. Completely forgot. This was like when her career, this is like a little bit after, but I'm a cheerleader. Right. It felt yeah. like a departure from what she played before and what she would play after, but she totally. did such a good job. And I, it, she, I mean, did more of that role. Yeah. That character was, was very fun, even though it was really small. I mean, we'll, we'll go through the movie, but I do really want to know what happens to Meg once she goes to the time portal. I'm like, um, you left us really you left us not wanting more <laughs> throughout the whole movie. And then at the very end, really wanting more. Well, it's interesting because when you Google Kate and Leopold, one of the, you know, Google fill-ins is, is there a Kate and Leopold too? Right. So you're not the only person asking this question. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think we're going to get a Kate Liebel too, but. At this point, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) And also it does feel like the movie tries to skirt around like important logic questions and answers. And I feel like they like leave it and they're like, and she's in the past. Goodbye. Like (laughs) we aren't meant to know what happens from that point. No, they just dance. They just start ballroom dancing. And we're just like, that's all. Yeah. That's all we need. We're just supposed to be okay with that. I mean, I'm like, I know she that sleeping? where's she going to go home to? Does she, she doesn't have a bank account. She's left her job. She doesn't have any money. She has that one dress, <laughs> which one. doesn't look comfortable. No, no. Does she wear contacts? Where is Uh-oh. she going to out? Yeah. I mean, these are questions that I need an answer to. I a hundred percent had all those questions. Like when she's dancing, I'm like, girl, you're never going to be that blonde again. Like I know, her roots. Her hair. She's going to be completely different looking. Also, I feel like everyone at that party would be like, why can I see her arms? Literally what's happening. Yeah. Yes. Who is this, you know, woman from the future? I feel like they're, they're going to reference her as that. Even yeah. though they know she's actually from the future, but just that she's doing, you know, she's liberated. Yeah, they're going to, I mean, they're going to find out. She has a banana clip, for God's sake. <laughs> she has a, and her hair is very straight. Her hair is straightened. Too straight, arguably. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my gosh. I mean, I kind of want to imagine what becomes of her in the future, or in the past, I mean, which is her. I, right, right. Again, some of those logic issues. I feel like you see her like one month in, and she's like, Leopold, we have to talk. I've endured an 1876 period, which can't do. I once you go once you go Tampax, what are you what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's like a contraption. It's like there is a belt, like a belt thing. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No. She's the diva cup. She goes oh, like with a little thimble or something. I don't know. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, like. I know that this is her character's arc, but it does feel insane to start with a woman who's like desperately trying to find her Palm Pilot, which is like peak 2001 technology and end like a weekend later with her being like, I'm comfortable in 1876 for the rest of my life. (laughs) I know it's so true. The way they set her up, there was just a room of men who were just like, how do we make sure people know she's a modern career woman? Who's on the go, go, go. Palm Pilot. She's looking for it. She needs it, but, but she's approachable enough that she doesn't know the term stylus. She's still going to call it a pointy thing. Pointy thing. That was kind of adorable. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. They were like, we have to make her lovable. Yeah. She can't be too into technology and work. Yeah. She can't know what she's talking about because she is still a woman. (laughs) Correct. Correct. (laughs) Okay, we should just say, if you had to summarize the synopsis of this movie in in just like a few sentences, what would you say this movie is about? I would say this movie is about a screenwriter who wanted to write science fiction and found himself in a rom-com. No, I think it's, um, I, I think it's about a... A woman who realizes that she is 
has been unlucky in love because time and space have prevented her from, <laughs> from living her truth. Yes. Yeah. It's weird because we start the movie in Leopold's head and yeah. his whole situation. And so you're like, okay, are we sort of following his journey to finding love? Yes, we are. But it doesn't, the movie doesn't really, and maybe this is like sort of classic rom-com behavior, but the movie doesn't really lean into the wants of either character fully. No. You know what I mean? It's It's like half and half. Well, it's weird because it's almost like the way it starts, leave, leave Schreiber is in the past taking photos, which I don't know why no one notices a guy with a camera. You know? Also, like I was alive in 2001 and I don't know what that camera was. <laughs> it was like some sort of detective camera. It was like yeah. one of those like, cameras in movies. It looks like a detective, like you could put in a book or something. Yeah, like, exactly. No, I know. It was so, it was ridiculous. And I, I also have no idea why he was there. It never answers the question. Why is Leave so, Stuart, so obsessed with the past? Why does he want to, we never know. Right. We just, yeah. he's just eccentric. He's just like the weird ex-boyfriend that's always doing right, things right. that he was just like, yeah, typical prevent him. Yeah. Obsessed with the past again, thinks he can time travel. Oh, this is why we broke up. Yeah. He couldn't focus on Kate because he was too busy sketching elevators. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's never even, it's never even attempted to be answered either. Mm-mm. It just is, we're just, okay, we're just supposed to, we just accept that Leif Schreiber is, is Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. He's like, that's his character. And like, he, that's, that's just, he's just obsessed with it. And we just have to accept it. Yeah. And like, yeah, Hugh is, has to find a bride. He has to be wed because his family is broke. And which I thought was interesting because that feels like a storyline we usually get about the female character of like, just pick a husband. Like we need this for our family. But it was interesting that it was like, it was this weird conversation about privilege with just like a lot of straight white men. (laughs) Just thought was interesting. I know that was so funny. I know that was like the one thing where I was like, this is kind of um, modern, you know, a man has to save the family. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but he doesn't really talk about love. And then, and then they jump off the Brooklyn Bridge, (laughs) which is a time portal. Oh, and also, it seems like the right, it does seem like a time portal, to be honest. I mean, yeah, of all the, I mean, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't bump on that. (laughs) We also got the, um, the like glimpse of Kristen Shaw. But in like a terrible role, that's like, ooh, look at this ugly person. It was awful. I know. Like it, it that bummed me out totally. Um, it was so, it was so dumb because it's like she could. It didn't have to be that they made him have to. They didn't have to um, make a have the jokes expense at her looks. Yes. Then that she was so you know stupid or not funny or not sure you know sure like gross and some in some like bad bad manners or something right. that would feels like more of a 
choice. And it sucks too, because Kristen Schaal is so funny and like such a great comedic actor. And she gets like no lines. It's just her standing there. And I'm like, boo. It's insane. It's she's so, she's totally, she's not even utilized at all. Also, it would have helped to have known what he wasn't looking for. So that when he met Kate, we were like, oh my God, this is what he's looking for. Exactly. Exactly. It would have added a lot of depth, but that's not what this movie was interested in. <laughs> no, this movie is not interested in depth. No, 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 no. We need to talk. I need to talk about the psych ward of it all because <laughs> this movie, that's where it really takes a curveball in my, like the time travel. I'm like, okay, I can, I can get on board with some time travel. Yeah. But then when he, he ends up, well, he ends up in the hospital because he falls down an elevator shaft. But is like mostly fine, but is like doddering around on crutches. Right. He like kind of hurt his arm a little bit. He like fell down an elevator. He would have died. Oh yeah. No, a hundred percent. That would have been a really different movie. Yeah. And then he ends up, and then he talks about the time travel while in the hospital and then ends up in the psych ward. It's just to get him out of the picture. But what I can't understand is why he's telling anybody in a psych ward that he believes in time travel. I have to make a phone call. You're not going to make one now. No, no, you don't understand. This is a very important phone call. I have to leave this hospital now. I can't be here anymore. Mr. Besser, I'm tired of telling you this. You are not going nowhere until Dr. Feinstein signs your release. You ever taken the earth science, Esther? Hmm? You look like a smart woman. You ever hear of the time-space continuum? Sounds important, doesn't it? Well, it is. You want to know something, Esther? It's broken, okay? And I'm the only guy who can fix it. So why don't you go down the hall there and get on your little telephone and call Dr. Feinstein. Good night, Mr. Besser. You tell him that... You tell him that I... It's like, you need to shut up, you know? At that point, I'm like, he is a crazy person. Um, Like, yeah. Which, you know, I say, I use that term in like 2001 standards when (laughs) it was appropriate to like say that. Um, But like, he, what a weird choice to be like, this is how we get him out of the picture. Because I think you could have done something similar with him just having to stay in the hospital longer. And like, he keeps re injuring himself or something like it felt like so weird to have this other location of a psych ward and there's really no point to it he charms that like nurse into letting him out but there's really no in the middle of the day she lets him in the middle of the day running like just in his little gown and crutch (laughs) Like, no. No. And socks. She could have gotten his clothes, by the way. She could have probably just given his clothes back. Yeah, if she cared, she could stop crying for two seconds. I know. Why is she so emotional about this? Move to tears. I'd be like, sir. I know. I see why you're in this place. Yeah, you need to be here. But also, I would be curious. I would be like, I do want to see this roll of film that you have. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it felt like a, like a big sort of unnecessary choice that then resolved pretty easily, unless we were supposed to be feeling like, 
oh, Stuart really is onto something, but we already know he's onto something. Right. We're like, <laughs> we're like following it in the other story. Yeah, he could have just actually broken his leg when he fell down the elevator shaft and then been in the hospital. Yeah. He could have yeah. just been left there. I mean, and that, cause then it would make, like he could have broken both his legs. And then he's there and he's stuck. And like, maybe every time he thinks he's able to leave, like something happens where he can't. And then we're right. sort of, it would honestly feel more um, like a ticking clock than this little jaunt over to the psych ward, which is like, where's this going? Yeah, where's this going? This is a different movie. And it's kind of depressing. Like, I so don't going to wanna... meet someone there who also time travels. That would have been good. I would have like, I would have liked that. And also the doctor that he sees, a psychiatrist, is he actually wrote this down. <laughs> Just felt really important. Because it was such a specific choice. Let me just see. He's <laughs> grape nuts. The doctor, <laughs> the psychiatrist is eating straight from a box of grape nuts. Not even with milk. No. I mean, maybe maybe he should be in that institution. Yeah. Grape nuts are disgusting. Especially in that form. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Also, is is it like a pun? You know, the psych war and nuts? Which is really upsetting. That's tough and probably accurate. I think it is. I think someone got, someone was having some fun in the props department. Yes, they were. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's, that is actually psychotic behavior. So yeah, it really is. He didn't seem like a good doctor at all. He wasn't even interested in Stuart. He was dismissive. I don't know. It's like, we shouldn't care this much about this part of, like you're doing something wrong if you're um, making us focus on this other storyline. I agree. Cause I was getting very interested in like the psych war and like that was intriguing. A lot of questions. Yeah. I also think Leave could have, I, I would have liked him in the rest of the movie. Like, I think it could have been a fun, world and created more tension if he was there because he's yeah. ex and like he could watch them kind of fall because he needs to get to he needs to get Hugh back he has to figure out how to get um Leopold back right and there could have you're you're right there could have been more like emotional motivation for that had he been around more and I know that this movie the tone isn't right for this but it could have lent itself to some fun comedic set pieces of like the three of like a sort of weird unexpected love triangle in a way totally totally but like Stuart and Kate broke up a month ago and they seem like they genuinely not even like hate each other there's like absolutely no spark or chemistry or emotion of any kind between it's the two so of them. bizarre they have no chem- chemistry and she he says that horrible thing to her Oh my God. Which I also wrote down. He's so, he's unlikable. I, she says, I blew my best years on you. And he goes, those are your best years. And then she cries. She goes to sleep and she cries. And it's in her wrought iron bed. (sighs) Can I tell you when I saw this movie in 2001, I was in junior high. I think I was in eighth grade. And that couplet of dialogue stuck with me like it (laughs) it felt like the most cruel and terrifying statement you could hear from someone and just as an eighth grader I was like 
I don't know. I'm already afraid of love. Like this seems not good. <laughs> like, I don't know about these relationships. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it is one of the most mean, hurtful lines. I've, it doesn't feel like it belongs in a rom-com, we'll say. And it's just so mean. You're just like, there's also like us other moments where I'm just like, what happened to you? You know what I mean? Like, this was like the morning after they have that fantastic day in New York. Yeah. We have to talk about. But um, <laughs> they like go on a walk and she falls in love. Yeah. Um, yep. But that's all it takes. Um, she's like, this is the best day I've ever had. But he he makes her toast in the morning. Yeah. With, I, I want to say mascarpone mascarpone and strawberries and i think it's just like nine grain toast that happens to be in the cabinet because right. he references some sort of like polysaturated oh right something and she cries she cries she cries which uh, i mean tell me your thoughts on that one would argue that that's not a person who's stable enough to time travel for love And maybe if Kate were in therapy and could have taken a second to like really assess what she's looking for in a relationship and what her boundaries are and her um, deal breakers, then maybe she wouldn't have, she still could have made the choice to go back in time forever, but (laughs) sure after therapy. Yeah. Basically, yeah, that little walk they took, he like tried on sunglasses and she's like, no, I'm glad those don't look good on you. And then that was kind of it. That was it. That was the day. And then he, they go to his, like what his house was in the 1800s. Yeah. And that's it, right? And then they go back to her apartment and they're, they're hanging out. There's not even a montage. No, it's really just three very small scenes they're watching that old man listen to breakfast at tiffany's Mm -hmm. yeah and i i found myself feeling suckered into that moment because i was watching it being like oh this is so this is classic new york this is classic rom-com and then i was like but why did we see any of that and what does it mean literally i mean is it like because that man's alone and arguably happy and following a routine. That's true. He's good. He's He doesn't need to travel back in time for love. No. Like if that were in real life, it would sort of be like a small anecdote. And then you'd continue to like talk about each other and get to know oh, each other right. better. But instead he just carries her away. Right. Right. He carries her into off the fire escape, which they have some really great fire escapes, by the way. Yeah. Fire escapes are pretty, pr- I think the fire escape is the Bonnie hunt in this movie, to be honest. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Always there for her, you know? Always there yeah. and <sighs> providing a lot of, a lot of fun and a lot of, um, a lot of laughs. Joy. Love it. Yeah. I think that she's probably, she has her tea out there, you know? wine what ha- what what not yeah um, yeah he just carries her into the fire escape and I mean the whole thing is like she's supposed to be this modern woman who like on the go 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 trying to build her career and she doesn't she's never been really properly loved right that's 
the that's that's the vibe but then there's also at some point this becomes a this becomes a cautionary tale about sexual harassment in the workplace <laughs> it does um which just feels like i don't know if we needed that either <laughs> yeah like again when i'm watching it i'm like obviously yeah here we go Right. And then I think about it and I'm like, why, what was that do? What was that doing for Kate? I mean, okay. Then we got this moment where like Leopold got to expose this guy for being a, a fraud basically. Right. Yeah. Like, um, with lab OM and French, but the thing is as at least as a woman watching this, I already knew that guy sucked. Like right, I didn't Leopold to like one up him on French to be like, Ooh, that guy's bad news. Yeah. He already kissed Kate on the back of the neck. That was the worst. <laughs> that was second only to the, those were your best years moment. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. That was they were in the running. Yeah. As an eighth grader, I'm like, I guess I can't have a boss either. Oh my God. This, yeah. Watching this as an eighth grader. I, cause I watched this, I was probably, I was not an eighth grader. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I was not an eighth grader, but I was older, but, um, yeah, that feels like that would really skew your view of love and, and, and career. Jeez. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, I loved this movie and I probably saw it multiple times and I probably brought it to sleepovers <gasps> on like a dvd or vhs yeah dvd at that point i think yeah okay um yeah and i owned it i yeah i owned it on dvd actually um i loved this movie and (laughs) i think part of it was first of all as like a like a queer you know, eighth grader who was not ready to be in touch with any of those feelings, honestly, until I was like in my late twenties. So as that, as that kid, I would watch rom-coms and I could like truly give a fuck about the guy. And I would like vacillate between wanting to like be or be with the woman. Oh, I love that. In ways that I like couldn't articulate yet even, right? but so that I was already coming at it from that perspective. And then I truly think like not to give too much meaning or depth to this movie, but like when all my friends had crushes on boys and I just didn't, it was this movie sort of symbolized this idea that like your perfect relationship is not right there, like is not easily accessible yeah, and is beyond what you could imagine or articulate. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah in order to find her perfect person, like time travel had to happen. So I sort of like bought into this idea of like, oh, it's okay that she doesn't function in this like normal, like looking for love environment. That was like like, comforting. Yes. Cause you could like, yeah. The idea of the perfect match could be something that you never even fully imagined because I was sort of like this eighth grader being like, why do I not want to hang up pictures of Josh Hartnett in my locker? (laughs) Like what about me 
makes me not want to do that. Yeah. Um, in like a way that I couldn't articulate. And so I think this movie was sort of, um, a version of like a queer escape for me. Oh my gosh. I love that. I can see that though. Which I didn't, I mean, again, putting way too much on this movie, but I didn't really think about it until this rewatch where I was like, what about this made like 12 year old Emily be like, Oh, the movie for me. (laughs) Right, right, right. You need, you're showing everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I mean, I also, am like, I love time travel without, um, logic or rules. <laughs> I have a pilot that has like a similar form of time travel in it. Um, cause I just like love history and the idea of like, yeah, you know, the social component of people in two different time periods interacting. And so I didn't care that the rules were insane in this movie. Like, um, so a, a part of it, a part of my love for the movie was probably that, but yeah, yeah, I, it was interesting to like think about this movie now, knowing what I know now. Yeah. That's so, that's so interesting. It's so interesting when something, a piece of art, I mean, we, we're going to use the word <laughs> <for> this movie. <laughs> <But> <laughs> uh, I am reaching with that word, but you know, when a piece of art, um, moves us in a way that we can't explain and we're just so connected to it yeah and we don't know why and then later we kind of can discover we can kind of analyze it but in the moment that's hard as a kid but even like if you're older it could be hard to know why something yeah you you gravitate to something and you have like kind of an aha moment with it yeah it was interesting to rewatch it because I hadn't seen it in a long time and like really ask like why was I so Cause I wasn't into like romance novels or like sweeping, like he's a Duke and look at the white horse. Like I was not right into that otherwise. So I think that, but that makes amazing. sense because the character isn't really either. The character makes Meg Ryan's character is like, Oh, can you get out of the way? I have to get my palm pile and get to work. You know what I yes. mean? She's like busy having to go get sexually harassed God. While, she, while she wants just wants a goddamn promotion I um, mean after he like said like you're not a you're you're like a man Kate I was oh, like this I guy that down yeah he's like you're just like a man you don't care about being pretty which I'm like <laughs> this is Meg Ryan <laughs> like this is first of all bad casting for that line yeah but also like, what is that? Who says that to their female employee? It's, I mean, right away, again, we knew immediately this guy was bad news. We did not need any more no. information to, to swing JJ to the bad side. Oh uh, my God, no, his name is JJ. Uh-uh, shut it down. <laughs> we knew, we knew from there, you know, you just had to introduce him as JJ. We're like, bad news. Yeah, he's an adult professional named JJ. Yeah, it's like, I gotta go. What is your, what is your, is it John? Just go by John, Josh, whatever. Like, leave yeah. it at that. You don't get yeah. to be JJ past like age 13. And certainly not in that time period in that role. We automatically know. Automatically know. <laughs> Who knows how many other women he's crossed? <laughs> I just can't even, oh God. It is weird though, watching that now. It's interesting because you're like, oh, I don't want her to go to this dinner. I, I don't like that she yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. I don't like how they play her 
stupid. Like I understand having to play the game in terms of like, well, I want to get this promotion. I'm going to socialize. You know what I mean? And right. have to do that. But like women are going, she, she would have been, she would have had some inkling that he's a bad guy. Like he kissed her on the back of her neck. Oh, oh my. Oh. Yeah, like after they shot some margarine spec. I don't know. God, we also need to talk about that. It's just like Hugh, Hugh Jackson's like, he's bad news. I don't think you should have dinner with him. And she's like, hey, JJ is fine. You know, he took me on my neck. That's totally normal. And uh, this dinner will be completely professional at this French restaurant. No. And I mean, okay, why was a male character from 1876 just immediately showing up in 2001 and able to point out like this, um, you know, not so subtle, but arguably subtle um, harassment and like intention? Yeah. And he does not know 2001 social norms at all, right. like even a little tiny bit. And he's like, I think this guy's bad news. It's like, sir, you just, you just saw a car for the first time. <laughs> like, I mean, I appreciate that he has her best interests at heart, but like, he's not the one to say that thing. Yeah, I know. I know. And I hardly feel like the 1800s, you know, were a great time for women. Right. You know, and sexual harassment you know he's a duke the duke of albany or whatever i just feel like men not treating women very well back then so no (laughs) so for him yeah they play him off as like this huge like romance like perfect romantic sensitive man and it's like no think so I don't I don't think so like a straight white man of privilege in 1876 No, it's not like, oh, I don't know if I trust how that man looks at you. Like, no. And they're trying to sell this whole old fashioned, you know, how men back in the day were so much better. Right. When really like JJ's the most old fashioned of them all. Like he's, it's it's classic behavior. Totally. And, you know, I thought about this and this is, this is the difference. Like if this movie had been written by Nora Ephron or Nancy Myers, our girl, Kate would have had a best friend. There are so many men in this movie. She doesn't have one single friend. Natasha Leone, she doesn't really ever talk to. No, and like sort of is borderline not friendly to at times. I know, kind of kind of like, I don't actually like how she treats her as an assistant, to be honest. She's a little, yeah. yeah. Like at one point, Natasha Leon's character is like, you look beautiful. And she just stares at her as the elevator closes. It's like, no, thank you. You're not going to say thank you. <laughs> I know. So maybe not that. Like Meg, you have time to like say thank you, you know? Yeah. Um, no, it's crazy that she doesn't have, it's a very, that's what's so weird to me. It's very jolting that there are so many men in her, in this rom-com. Like, yep. there's leave back in the mental institution. <laughs> <then there's- laughs> and then her it should have been her sister like why is it her brother that I is adorable his characters are adorable but like oh my god it should have been her sister it should have been her sister and I'm gonna say something wild it should have been her lesbian sister because then you could have had this like Leopold we'll call her Charlotte instead of Charlie like a Leopold Charlotte 
moment where he's teaching her how to like romance a woman she's interested in and then there's no sexual tension between Leopold and Charlotte you don't have to worry about like right oh is he going to go for the sister instead and then you also get Leopold learning something about modern society I love that and then also Kate would be like oh that's so sweet he's like taking my sister under his wing yes yeah that would have been really great and I picture almost like a Renee Zellweger like a young Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or Kristen, Kristen Stewart now would have been a great, I mean, they look hundred percent similar. I mean, that would have been the fun role for Natasha Leone in this movie. Uh, oh my God. Seriously. Cause we could have had her more. Yeah. I, my yeah. Than the assistant. Yes. What a fun twist. And he's reading romance novels and he's like, you need to go. Oh my gosh, I love that. Do we reboot this movie? Write this? Are we gonna rewrite this? <laughs> no, I really, it's disturbing how much I want to right now, so. I know. Well, I feel like, you know, it has some bones. There, there's some bones to it that could yeah. be, yeah, repurposed. Yep, yep. Like truly. I mean, time travel never goes out of style. No. And like I said, I'm a real, I'm a real sucker for it. Like I, I have a, I have a pilot that basically like a character's great grandma shows up in present day, but she's the same age as they, they basically go on adventures as like two young 30 something women, but one is from 1915. I love that. I mean, there's so much you can do with time travel because it never is going to make sense. You never have to understand it. Yeah. You know, you just know that there's a portal and there's an opening and there's a window and you have to make the window. (laughs) And if if you want there to be stakes of like, uh uh-oh, don't change anything, you can, or you can just kind of like not do that. Yeah, it really, it's loose. Mm -hmm. Keep things fast and loose with time travel. That's my favorite. I don't need to know any of the rules. I don't, I don't care about that. Let's just see the characters interacting. Yeah, agree. We need to talk about Kate's wardrobe. Yes. It's of course, I mean, she's wearing eight, eight, like 1800s clothing. It's so strange because it is, I think the wardrobe person was trying to create, help create justification for Kate and like, and yeah. She read the deep, script and she's like, I need to help this out. Yeah. And, and I, it was a good swing at that, but the script needed to back it up more because here's the thing, like she's essentially wearing male 1800s clothing. Quite literally. Yeah. Like <laughs> all of it is even the dress at the end, like can fit. It's like sort of a corset type yeah. situation can fit in that time period, but it's still pretty like severe. Right. <laughs> right. And like everything about this character is like angular, like yeah. her hair, her wardrobe, and it never softens. Like usually you're like, Oh, telling a story like this character. is So like rigid at the beginning. And then, Oh, at the end, she's in like scarves, but no, no yeah no and I really it really makes me concerned for Kate in the 1800s because 
Kate is still someone who does function in a man's world, quote unquote, man's world as a woman. And she's quite literally not going to be able to do that in the 1800s. No, she's not going to, she's not going to be able to do that. I'm very worried about her. Yeah. Back into the past. I actually looked up what women's rights were at that time. And did it just say no? <laughs> it just said error. It just said yeah. error. Something, ha- well, Seneca Falls. She needs to get herself to Seneca Falls because things were happening in Seneca Falls. Okay. Uh, they did, men and women signed the Decla- Declaration of Sentiments, uh, which is a plea for the end of discrimination against women. So New York passed the Married Women's Property Act also in 1848, you know. um, Good for them. Good for them. So she's in the right state. Yep. Thank God she's in New York. But things are going to be tough. Like she's, you know, selling, she's trying to sell margarine in the, in 2001. Margarine doesn't exist. I'm like, is she going to make, what is she going to do? Yeah, because arguably her biggest want which I say that like casually because I don't think it's um very clear or justified but she wants um to be VP of marketing right and that's her goal and she arguably cares so much about her career she's like put other things on the back burner right and wasted her years on Stewart. Stewart, which like how long did they date when they whatever? I, read, I can't. I read it with four years. Now I don't know who I think that was on IMDb, but like <sighs> I don't know how that information was gathered because they don't ever say. They don't ever say. I know they've been broken up for a month. None of their behavior is appropriate or normal. We'll just go ahead and say that. Um, but she arguably wants this thing. And then she does get it, but it doesn't feel like there's enough of a, it's not like Leopold has offered her a life in 1876 that would give her the things that she wants. Right. She's not going to have her. I think that Leopold needs to come to Kate. Like Leopold should stay with New York. She just got a promotion. She got the corner office. JJ's going back to London. She doesn't have to deal with his ass. Yeah. She's going to have money. She can move out of that goddamn apartment away from Stuart. And like, what's his name? Who can, like, does she go back in time? So the elevators end up staying, sticking around because if he, like the whole, the whole logic (laughs) of Stuart making sure he gets back, he needs to get Leopold back to the past so that elevators can remain invented because he invents the elevator and so if he doesn't get if he doesn't get Leopold back, the elevator is never invented. But I'm just like, okay, what is the you know what's the A story here? Is it the elevator or is it love? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and that there's like overlap where then Leopold sees Stuart at the party, but then now knows who Stuart is, but Stuart doesn't know who Leopold is. But why is there an overlap? You know, I hate. Oh, and Kate again, was at that party too. We yes. This photo where she was, she was back there and he explains it when Kate sees the photo, she's like, Stuart, why was I back in? Why was I back there? Right. Cause she's dressed in what she's wearing. Yeah. She's like, How was I there when I'm here? 
And there's this insane sentence where he's like, the past is not really the past. The past is the future, but the future is the past. The past is the past and the future. You get it? (laughs) Can you tell me, in short, complete sentences featuring no words over two syllables, why exactly I am in these pictures? Probably not. Try. Because you were there. I wasn't. I would remember. Believe me, I would remember if I was there. Because you're going to be there. If we get there in time. These are pictures of the past, not the future. Not exactly. Theoretically speaking, if you go to the past and the future, then your future lies in the past, and that is a picture of you in the future, in the past. We have to make a run for it. Let's go. What? You know, jump off this bridge. <laughs> jump off this. It also it starts being upsetting watching all these people jump off the bridge. It's just like, yeah, you know, there could have been. Isn't there like a little door? <laughs> <laughs> Something that feels less perilous. I don't think right. you really need the peril of jumping. Yeah, you know, it would have been really fun for Leopold to have stayed in the present time and either Stuart goes back forever. Cause who does Stuart care about or love? Not his dog. No, he doesn't care about his dog at all. The biggest connection he had in this movie was that with that nurse. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh my God. He could bring the nurse back in time. Yeah. Go get her. Go. She wants to go. She, she wants, wants to go. go. Yeah. And then Stuart invents the elevator and then he's like known for something forever. Oh my God, Emily, we need to get the rights to this. <laughs> or, or hear me out. It actually is the butler Otis who like Stuart goes back and like gives him all of the information that um, Leopold Ooh. has gathered. And Otis is actually the one who does it. I love that. Or, um, or what's her name? Uh, I always forget her name. The girl, uh, the actress who is extremely funny, who they gave new lines to. Oh, Kristen Shaw. Yeah. Or Kristen Shaw. Although she has money. So I guess it doesn't matter, but I kind of, that could be, if that could have been funny. Miss tree of the trees of Schenectady. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, honestly, Stuart could have wound up with her. I mean, there could have been more fun to be had. I think that makes so much more sense. It makes so much more sense because Leopold was not a, was not a good fit in his time period is, is what we gathered from the beginning that he wasn't happy. He wasn't fitting in. He was disappointing his uncle. He's an orphan. Like, doesn't it make, yeah, you're right. It makes more sense for him to, to, stay yeah I, I yeah and I also just feel like this is you know this could get a little hairy they've known each other they had that one day they had that one day in New York you know they're gonna get into a fight I just see a fight happening yeah and you know she's just gonna get upset and she's gonna want to go back and she's gonna want to go back for sure she's gonna want to flush a toilet again do you know what I mean oh my gosh. she's gonna really regret she didn't pack a bag (laughs) she needed a bag bag. and she's not someone who like yearns for a simpler time like she doesn't have that vibe about her unless you count her like loving that toast or like (laughs) the rooftop dinner but rooftop that rooftop dinner could exist in 2001 because it did dinner 
It's not like they took a carriage to the countryside and they like sat by a pond and she was like, I don't miss my office at all. Like she still went to work. I don't know. It yeah. Doesn't... There was a, it's funny because she seems like she, it alludes to the fact that like <clears throat> she's been working for so long and she's sort of sick of it, but she really wants this promotion. And she's really excited when she gets, cause it's almost like I got, I gathered that she's been working so long to get, she wants to get to that place, that top yes. place so that she can make a normal salary and have a life, have a yeah, have yeah. like better hours or whatever. And then she finally gets it and then just abandons it. But we're kind of led to believe, oh, she doesn't really want to work anymore. She doesn't really, I actually don't even know though. I'm like, I don't actually know if she likes her job, to be honest. I'm like, yeah, she's trying to sell margarine. I, oh yeah and then god there's just so many things that he becomes the face of margarine it's unclear what she wants yes which that's a slight problem (laughs) yeah that's a bit of a bit of a problem uh for the lead character to not know what they want yeah 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 i i mean maybe back in time maybe he she helps market the elevator (laughs) although i don't think you know it sells itself (laughs) it really does yeah it really does there's not a whole lot to have to explain it's just clearly very helpful (laughs) right yeah the effects of it are very clear there's no competing brands right she's not up against i can't believe it's not an elevator (laughs) maybe she invents that maybe they get maybe they break up and she she steals the idea and she creates the elevator. There's a want. There's okay. conflict. That's there's, that's some conflict. Uh, one thing I really love is her hair, but I like it when it's a little messy. It's an amazing haircut. Yeah, it feels so like classic Meg Ryan of a time. Yes. And I wanted that whole lifestyle. Oh my god! Like you know, at, as a kid, because. This was also in my time period of like becoming obsessed with New York without having been to New York. Like, I was like, I have to live there. I belong there. Like my little Minnesotan bedroom was just all like pictures of Times Square. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, that's where I'll live. (laughs) Just no. I mean, then I went to college in New York and was like, this is different and hard. Um, (laughs) Yeah. This is, we didn't show this in the movie, the rat. Yeah. Yeah turns out I'm the most Minnesotan person in the world. So, um, so yeah, but I, I like wanted that whole like fire escape apartment and like busy go, go like, um, riding the subway to work. And we get all of that in this movie, which is satisfying. Totally. I wanted the same thing. I mean, I would watch those movies and like all the apartments had a, some sort of great little outdoor space, a fire escape or like, a balcony. I mean, her apartment is quite big for New York also. Yeah. She's doing well. She doesn't, I mean, you know, she doesn't need the promotion, but she doesn't need to go back in time. She doesn't, she, (laughs) let's be clear. She does not need to go back in time, nor is it healthy for her. (laughs) Yeah. I like those apartments and the whole, I agree that whole lifestyle of like, you know, independence and like Mm -hmm. having your own place and uh being on the go go (laughs) totally chasing that chasing that dream 
Yeah. I, I also love like there's several rom-coms where they're like on their lunch break, sunning on the rooftop. Yes. I mean, I yes. just always wanted that, that moment. Yeah. I mean, that was the dream. It's a definite aesthetic that I don't know, was of the time, but also like deeply appealed to me and didn't, yeah. I think, appeal to at least how I remember my friends in the same way. Like I felt a little bit alone in like wanting that. I know what you mean. And like wanting it like immediately, like just wanting to transport myself to that lifestyle. I was, I, I was totally the same way. And I feel like my friends weren't, I feel like my friends were imagining like getting married and having kids. Yes, probably. Yeah. I think with the rom-coms, it's like, yes, they want love, but that's always second to their career. Right. And that's always the conflict, the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe, yeah, my friend group was not envisioning that conflict. They were just envisioning Josh Hartnett. Yeah. They were busy on Josh Hartnett. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but there's more. And that should include not men. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not Josh Hartnett and all men. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Josh Hartnett is, is kind of creepy. I I have to be honest. He's a little, Uh, yeah, I was not a fan. He's from Minneapolis. And so we would sometimes see him in this grocery store. Really? And I think that that accessibility really affected my age group. Like everyone had those pictures of like the YM cover and stuff like on their locker. Oh my God. I can, I feel like I can remember that exact cover. Like he's like side look. He always did that like side look. Yeah. And a prominent unibrow. Oh yes. Prominent. Yeah. Very long neck. Yes. Aggressively. So. And all of that was like a hard pass for (laughs) 12 year old Emily. Do you feel like you related? Like, did you feel like you saw yourself in Meg Ryan's character or you wanted to, where you were like, oh, that's like what I want. Yes, definitely. I all, I feel like I always see myself like when I was like a kid watching these movies would see myself in Meg Ryan's character. Yeah. That felt like an easy, like, yeah, that's what I, that's what I want. That's me. But then also, again, was like sort of fixated on the female characters in a way that I would only understand later. Right. Was because I probably was also attracted to women. <laughs> right, 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 right. I like just, yeah. Oh, no, no, go ahead. No, just that feeling of like, she's the coolest. <laughs> like Not being able to fully unpack all of that. Right, totally. You, right, you, like you don't know why you're like smitten with her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. I feel like also that, yeah, that movie interesting. She's, it's kind of interesting because she kind of is, there's something somewhat non-binary about her, like about her character. Yeah. Bit. Well, and JJ says it, he's like, you're like a man. Too. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I know. Yeah. She's not really in touch with, I think that's why it's like confusing as to what she wants because she's not like, you know, her prime motivation in life isn't like falling in love and being you know taken care of yeah which, which is what with each other but we were told they were right in these movies it's almost like kate belongs in 2022 oh my god she would be thriving 
She'd be thriving. Thriving after me too. You know, she would have just, she would have been doing really great. Really JJ's great. out of there. JJ is written about in the New York Times. It sounds like. Yeah, JJ goes yeah. to jail. Um, <laughs> and we hope, you know, probably not actually. Uh, but, but we try, we try we to get try, him. We try. Yeah, there's a hard, hard and solid effort to get him into jail. Um, yeah, that could be kind of interesting going to the future. Man, there's this really needs to be remade somewhere. I know. Now I'm like, I want to remake it. Yeah, I know. And I feel like people are always up for a time travel movie. Always. Always. It's always enjoyable. Something to think about. I think she would, like, if she was in 2022, she would, she would, I feel like she'd be getting involved in um, crypto. <laughs> 100%. She'd be ground, ground floor of Bitcoin. Totally, totally. Is that the same thing? I don't even know. I just, I don't even know that. either. I don't know either. I, I honestly don't really understand crypto at all. Um, and also like NFTs, I feel like she'd be, you know, which, yeah. um, like I don't want, I don't want to say NFT too loud sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I still, again, I don't know. And yeah. part of it feels like a bit, like all of crypto feels like a joke. I mean, Bitcoin, yeah. like literally it feels like a, like a joke. Right. That like some like nerds made up and then now it's money. You can't possibly <laughs> no. explain it to me. No, There's this was, no way. This was a joke between like two nerds in a basement that now has become like possibly our currency. Yeah. I'm... We and Reese not interested. Reese Witherspoon is very heavily involved in NFTs now. She's trying to what? get. Oh my God, Emily, you have to go. You have to go to Reese Witherspoon's Instagram. Uh, she's she's really pushing NFTs hard. No, that yeah. took a turn because I, I feel like the last Instagram I saw was her like dancing on a trampoline. This absolutely not. <laughs> you 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 are correct. I think it went from her dancing on a trampoline to her showing her NF, like her, her simulated character. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Do I need to go back in time? Maybe. I, I can't. Like I do. I feel like I would, <clears throat> although I say that in the 90s, we're not kind to women. No. You know? We really weren't. We remember, we remember them in a very different way than they actually were. Yeah. We were probably younger. We didn't have to deal with yeah things yet you know but they were quite problematic but I do I would like to go back to the 90s in the way of like less technology yes yeah I want to go in the other direction I would like to redo the 90s as an adult just to kind of see yeah because I have friends who did the 90s as an adult and seem to love it so (laughs) um yeah I I want to be in my 20s in the 90s and just thriving. Yeah. Affordable rent. Oh, that alone. I know. I know. I mean, it was really, yeah. Things were, things were better in that respect. Yeah. And I feel like, yes, we would deal with some like patriarchal bullshit, but that's also what we're dealing with now. So. Right. (sighs) It's like the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, sometimes worse Mm -hmm. 
yeah, we're still dealing with, you know, abortion, not possibly not going to be legal anymore. I'm just like, right. in right. some ways we are back in time. And at least then we could afford our apartment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. We could afford our apartment and not be totally broke. Something to think about. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because like I said, like, I mean, I, I, so I date men and women, but I never grew up seeing a rom-com and feeling like fully, like that was the story that I wanted, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I was always watching it to see like an independent woman thriving. Yeah. And the like falling in love with the guy was never like a super important part of the story for me. Yeah. And I didn't really put that together until I was older as to why that never really mattered to me as much. Um, So I honestly feel like my rom-coms were like rom-coms with New York, like my sort of romantic feeling of like being in, in New York and being like an adult woman living my best life and dealing with, you know, all the challenges that come with juggling all of our adult woman wants. Um, so I didn't really fall victim to that, like rom-com plight, I think. Yeah. It didn't, right. That makes sense. You like avoided the trappings of what they said love and romance should look like. Yeah. I think the part that I probably leaned into was the idea of it being a conflict or hard to find or not an easy solution. Like that, that part, I think, I don't know, understood that struggle, but not in the same way that that character was experiencing the struggle. Yeah. No, I know what you, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. I think I always like watching them. I always was like, it's would long for that. I'm like, oh, that's just going to happen. Like, that's you know, you're going to meet that person and it's going to be just like that. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I did like the idea that for all of these characters, it didn't come easy, but it still worked out in the end. Yeah. Oh, I wrote down uh, her perv boss promotes her end of movie. And that's where I wanted, I wanted to tend. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's where, I mean, oh my God, boss promotes her end of movie. She thinks like, okay, I had to sacrifice love for my work, but then Leopold's there and they dance at the, at the (sighs) party Uh, And everyone's like, feels weird that they're doing a waltz when everyone else is dancing 2001 style, but it's like, oh, she has all the things that she wants. Yeah. That's end of movie. End of movie. Yeah. Natasha Lyonne gets promoted to Meg's, to to Kate's character, uh, his job maybe. So yeah. um, (laughs) It's a win for her. Yeah. Like we could have had really fun wrap-ups for everyone. Stuart's back in time. We see a, he's dancing with Miss Tree. He's looking at the stairs like your days are numbered. <laughs> yeah, the stairs are just no longer, they're, they're no longer exist. Yeah. Also her brother would have been nice back in time. Like it would have been, maybe he could have courted women better there. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. So many different opportunities that would have been more fun. <laughs> like he, she could have jumped off the bridge and gone back. It could have been like, you've got to bring him back. You've got mm-hmm. to go get him. He, he went back. He thought you didn't like him. <clears throat> got to go back and get him. And she goes back and she pulls him. Back. She goes back with Stuart because it doesn't make any fucking sense that Stuart is already there, but he doesn't know whatever, whatever. Yeah, Stuart true. goes with to help her. She, but the portal's closing and she's like, Stuart, let's go. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay. And then that's, yes, come on. Cause yes, Stuart belongs there. He belongs there because he can just be like an eccentric inventor. Yeah. Yes. He has like a little shop set up somewhere, you know, he's like the town loon or whatever yeah. living his best life yeah he's yeah he would love it there you know and I feel like I also just like it doesn't make Ryan take doesn't she take any medication you know we <laughs> forgot forgot her medication or vitamins she yeah something it. it's just it's disturbing I can't think for too long about how she's gonna do because it's not oh it's not okay yeah she's She's going to want her Palm Pilot. That's for sure. A lot of rude awakenings. Yeah. Like on day three of that. (laughs) Totally. 48 hours are going to be great. And then after Mm -hmm. that, she's going to be freaking the fuck out. She's going to be like, I'll, I can never hail a taxi again for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I also am like, are her parents dead? That feels like what's happening i i think they have to be because it really felt like her and charlie against the world like they only have each other which then also makes me feel sad he's like i love you forever i'll be fine very quick i mean he seems sort of reliant on her in a lot of ways right he's not even on the lease i don't know what's gonna happen with that no (laughs) i mean is there a follow-up where he and Stuart become best buds because they're neighbors now yeah, I think so. I think they, they, that's all he has. I mean, they endured this arguably a trauma together, <laughs> losing this person to time. <laughs> right. Know. And is the portal ever open another time? Like, is there another unanswered? Open? <laughs> oh, totally. It's unanswered why the portal was open at that moment, you know? Yeah, that got cut from the draft that yeah. we don't know. Oh, speaking of what got cut. I read that in another version of this in the director's cut, which yes, there's a director's cut. <laughs> she, she, they allude to Stuart and Kate, Meg Ryan's character are related. Yeah. Which is, which some people were disturbed by quote unquote, because that would remark that there was incest. Yep. Dated for four years. Yeah, that's tough. I'm glad that that changed because we didn't need that at all. And it was only disturbing. Yeah, really. Yeah. And also we know who our great grandparents are. It's not like it's great, 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 great grandparents who like we have no photos of or whatever. Right. She would probably know what his great grandmother looked like. Right. And also it feels weird it already feels weird that he knows who Leopold is and doesn't know that Kate McKay was 
I mean, maybe not, maybe that doesn't feel weird. Maybe in 2001, we weren't able to like Wikipedia things as easily. We didn't have these answers, but right. to make that connection any closer is unhinged. Yeah. It's just, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to connect, you know, things, or, or maybe that's the explanation as to why she was back there. Yeah. I mean, it's weird that that was the why that the writer thought he needed to answer. Yeah. Like of all of the yeah. whys sort of out there in the ether, that's the one he really committed to. Yeah. Cause I, it's like, whose story is it? It's like, it goes from Hugh's story. Then it's like, it's not, it feels like least of all Kate's to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's maybe even more Charlie's story than Kate's honestly <laughs> I know what JJ wants yeah right yeah I really think it should have opened with her I think the yes. movie should have opened with her you know I don't know what the scene would be like just showing what she maybe she's watching an old old movie you know from that time period and she likes and she's like kind of taken by it. You know, we can see a little glimpse into what she wants from love. Yeah. Or she's like struggling in, in um, struggling with the pace of modern life. She's not happy at her job. She's not succeeding. She has a different vision than everybody else. Yeah. Something that shows that she doesn't belong in this place, but they really only show her being like mildly good at her job like good at her job. Right. Like, like the being able to, yeah, it, that's the movie that would have been written by Nancy Myers or Nora Ephron. Yeah. And it and would have started with her. And they would have chosen something other than margarine. I just, that's a very <sighs> random, I, again, I think that was sort of like, let's choose something that existed, but existed differently now. Yeah, exactly. A version that's like worse than what he would but it also was like sort of misogynist and like the whole margarine is like for women and their waistlines and like this hot guy's going to sell it to them. It felt very much like it fit in like a bad way. Yeah. It's very funny that they're trying to say she lives amongst all this misogyny. So she's going to go back Yeah, time to a severely misogynist time period in order to get away from it all best of luck to you kate best of luck best of luck maybe she helps the voting rights you know get along she's a suffragette yeah oh for sure she yeah she definitely is because she's like <laughs> bitch i voted before <laughs> yeah she like, and i will oh, vote yeah. again i know uh that would be nice see i think that could be, could be kind of interesting just that yeah story. someone going back in time to like yeah help uh women uh, get become liberated more quickly yes yeah I'd like to see that I ask everybody this do you have have you had your own rom-com I have not had my own rom-com but I feel like I've had like all of my most important relationships have been with friends mm. so I feel like I've had like friendship rom-coms oh I love that where yeah, we like, I just have had really lovely connections with friends that really matter and are imp- like really important at different time periods and feel like, um, 
like great loves of my life in a way. So I feel like I could also see myself writing like a friendship rom-com. I would love a friendship rom-com because there's some rom-coms that I watch and I'm like, oh, I love this dynamic, the friend dynamic. Yeah. I would like to see that more. Um, like I rewatched how Stella got her groove back a few months ago. And I'm like, I want, I want the Whoopi Goldberg and Angela Bassett story. Yes. Yes. Like beaches. Remember that movie beaches? Yes. Yeah. That's like, there aren't, there aren't too many of those. No. And I feel like, you know, sex in the city Mm. for what it's worth, you know, there are a lot of, there's a lot of criticism of it, but one thing that I really loved was that idea of like, they are each other's soulmates. Totally. And I don't know. I think, yeah, I think we could see more of that. So I feel like those are my personal rom-coms. Yeah. I, I like that. Have you had, I guess also like a work, like, a, cause the career is always in the rom-coms. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, 12 year old Emily, I think would be pleased with that trajectory. I don't, I don't have the um, sweeping romance of it, but the idea of like, em- like Emily falling in love with living in a big city, being independent, having the job that I want, like that side of the rom-com yeah. I achieved to a certain extent. So I think, I think 12 year old Emily would be, would be happy with, with that side of things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're on a raw iron bed right now. Like you did living it. it. You're living it. You, you did the work. I have a smoke detector that's going off. You know, my water heater. It's all coming together. Yeah, it really is. When you finally got to New York and like after you've seen all the rom coms and like the Times Square posters and stuff. What was like your actual experience when you were you were in school, but like it was a rude awakening. I mean, <laughs> I was 17, didn't have any friends in the city, didn't know anyone in New York, had visited New York once, okay. was left there by my parents. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I mean, I spent my first year like going to see SNL, like waiting for tickets oh, on the cool. street and going to SNL. And it was almost like, that's the only way I got in. Oh my God. I went my freshman year. I went to like 22 episodes. Oh my gosh. I went to the season finale after party. (laughs) Wait, how old are you? I, at that point I was 18. Oh my God. (laughs) How did you get to the, you were 18. You got into the season finale after party. I, I, I was part of Keenan's entourage. Oh my God. Wait a second. What? Yeah, I was I was trying. <laughs> I had some friends that were like, we're gonna go because it's in like the concourse, like um the like NBC, um, you know, like where the where the rink is in the winter time. Uh-huh. Like that's where they were having the after party. They're like, we should try to go. And I was like, I don't know, that doesn't feel like a party for us, which correct. <laughs> correct, you were correct. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason for me to be there. Um, and I kind of just like. I'm not a rule breaker at all, Mm -hmm. at all, but something came over me where like, there were several checkpoints and I was asked for my ID and I just kept saying, I have a friend waiting for me down there. Whoa. And they're like, okay, but we need to see your ID. And I'm like, 
I'm on, I'm someone's waiting. <laughs> and they let me go. I was in like an old Navy cardigan. It was absolute insanity. And then I got down to the final table and they were like checking names. And then Keenan was like, she's with me. <laughs> Because I had gone to all these episodes my freshman year and like, because I wasn't the most unstable person that was waiting for tickets, the cast was like very kind to me as like this obvious, like fish out of water. Like, like I would wear my sweatshirt from my like improv troupe in Minneapolis and like ask them about improv. Like it just... Guys, this is an amazing image. I mean, it ultimately resulted in my first writer's assistant job because it's how I met Kay Cannon. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I would like, um, they they were like very kind to me. Everyone in the cast would be like, hi, Emily. Like, how was your week? Like, like oh. just <laughs> one time I was like on the phone with my mom and I was like, hang on. really was waiting for you down there. In a way, yes. Yeah. But then I was in the party and they were like, whoa like what are you doing here and I'm like I don't know (laughs) they're like okay have fun you're like I'm confused about my place here it was crazy I like helped Kristen Wiig find her purse like that felt like a goal of the night she's like oh thank you it just it it was a very odd time but so that's how I experienced New York my first year and then the second year was the writer's strike so there was no SNL and I was like I don't know how to live in this city yeah you didn't know where to go or what to do yeah and like, you know, there were, it felt a lot harder than I thought it would just to function in the day to day without having a sort of understanding of New York to begin with. Like, just again, like Times Square, like I thought I would like live in Times Square. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I entered that environment very unprepared. <laughs> oh God, I'm really glad that you didn't live in Times Square. Yeah, there's there's no way. So yeah, by the end of my four years there, I moved back to Minneapolis. Okay. Um, I had a boyfriend who was in Minnesota and it just felt like my time in New York was done. Like I couldn't fathom like trying to get an apartment. Like I lived in dorms. It just my parents weren't going to be able to help me do that because they didn't have an understanding of like how New York right. worked really. And so it just made more sense for me to go um, back to Minnesota for a few years. And then I moved to LA. I remember being on a, on a, tr- on a subway train and someone forgot to put the brake on their baby carriage and like the uh-huh. baby carriage went down the train and people like moved out of its way. And I was like, I simply can't live here. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like the Minnesotan me was like, I have to go. Oh my God. That's horrifying. Like this is just maybe not, maybe not for me. Wow. Well, do you have any other, um, any other, uh, closing thoughts on Kate Leopold you want to share? Oh, well now I just deeply want to remake it and it's gonna, that's going to stick with me for a long time. Like I, I I really want to, I really want to remake it. If you were to remake it now, who would you cast in it? Oh my gosh. That's a really great question. Um, you know, I think would be great in it, honestly. And I think Mary Holland would kill it. Oh my God. Yeah. I think, I think she would be a fun, but I think Mary would be great in anything. I mean, really, um, 
Yeah, that's probably who I would put in it. Yeah, she would be great. She kind of steals anything that she's in. I know, I know. I feel like she she plays like the sister and friend in a lot of things. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I, I really think she could she could bring a lot to this character in in a lead. I agree, and she has great physical comedy. Like, yes, similar. Like, I think Meg Ryan has great physical comedy too. Yeah, the way she moves things there was that one scene where it's like after her after a hard day at work and she's back and she's like can you go can you just go can you go yeah i'm tired can you go away can you just go away can you go away <sighs> she's drunk leo oh shut up charlie and you can you go upstairs can you go away it's so cute it really is just so funny and like she's just so lovable it's classic meg we need to bring meg i mean do we do we write this for meg ryan Oh, maybe Meg is, what could Meg be? Maybe Meg is the sister. Maybe Meg is Mary Holland's older sister. Maybe. Aunt. Aunt. Wait a second. Okay. (laughs) Meg has come back. Um, Leopold tragically died. Okay. And she was back in the past. They were together. They were in love. He tragically died. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a heart attack okay very you know cut and dry yeah she's like you know what I'm gonna come back you know now leave there's nothing here for me really yep I'm gonna come back and Mary Holland happens to be living in that apartment yeah that she was in and that's the only place that Kate knows to go to so she goes sure. to that apartment so now she's the person now she's like kind of the Leopold person back in yeah back in the future and he's <laughs> like let me get my pen and then I mean yeah and then um yeah and then Mary so Mary would be kind of like the modern day uh you know I don't know if I want her to be you know the go-go working gal I don't know if I don't know if we need to do that trope or like I don't think so yeah no. I think I think Kate helps Mary Holland character enjoy the simpler things in life. Not that she's go, 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 but that maybe she's really in her head. She's yeah. really, um, you know, maybe depressed or, you know, we do the trope where she's like too addicted to social media or something like something. Yeah. And, and she could still be her aunt because she could be Charlie and Patrice's daughter. Right. That's inherited that great New York mm-hmm. apartment. Oh, I love that. And then she gets to see Charlie. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because that's her dad. Stuart died. Stuart. Stuart's truly out of the picture. There's Stuart's gone. No one ever mentions him either. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. She looks up JJ. He dies in prison. Mm, love that for him. Yeah, yeah. love that for yeah. him. <laughs> and I think also like there's a love interest like maybe there's a woman that Mary is really into I love that she would be maybe bisexual sure sure and Kate or maybe encourages she's that sure yes that works Holly and then Kate is like sometimes you find love in places you don't expect and you have to follow that yeah yeah okay 
I say we write all of these. Yeah, this feels this feels right. This feels right. Yeah. Get Meg on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And then it would finally answer that Google question that everyone has is, is there a Kate and Leopold too? And the answer is big time. There is, yeah. The answer is absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I think that's a perfect way to close out. Unless you have any other, any other remaining thoughts you I think, want to express. I think that's it. It was very exciting to rewatch this. I know, you know, it was, it was oddly, it was very comforting. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Yeah. And it was a very warm, comforting movie, even though really doesn't make sense and very absurd and insane. Yeah. It was just, there was something so comforting about it. It was, it was a fun watch. Yeah. It's a fun watch. It's a fun watch. Don't, um, if you do watch it, try not to try not to make too much sense of it. Yeah. 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 That's the way to enjoy it. Yeah. I think so. Well, this was so great. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank, thanks for having me. This was, this was a blast. Yeah. This is so fun. And thank you for recommending this movie. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm glad, um, I'm glad eight-year-old Emily, uh, you kind of did the same thing you did as, uh, not eight-year-old, eighth grade, Emily, yeah. you kind of did the same thing with bringing the DVD to people's houses. 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm right back in that. Yeah, you're right, you're right back there in eighth grade. Yeah. Oh my God. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Nothing's going to stop me. Going to work till I am dead. Nothing's going to stop me. Oh wait, I fell in love instead.